The Truth and Love Ministry is pleased to present Truth and Love Radio with former Muslim and now Christian pastor Sharam Hadian. Sharam is from Iran and is now a proud U.S. citizen living in Washington State. In addition to being a pastor and conference speaker, he is also the host of the weekly television program Till TV. And now, here is your host, Sharam Hadian. Well, thank you for joining us today on Truth and Love Radio. This is Pastor Sharam Hadian, and it is a blessing to be with you on the program today. We're going to jump in to part three of our program, True Love, Why I Hate Islam with a Perfect Hatred. You heard me right if you're joining us uh, and you haven't listened to part one and part two. It's titled True Love, Why I Hate Islam with a Perfect Hatred. And I have made the case for you, both from Scripture and Psalm 139, Psalm 9710, Romans 12, uh, Proverbs, and other verses, that we, uh, in demonstrating true love, for example, in Romans 12, 9, uh, in demonstrating true and sincere love, we are called to hate what is evil and to cling to what is good. Uh, That's 12, 9 of Romans, love must be sincere, hate what is evil, cling to what is good. And in the Psalms, David says in Psalm 139, verse 22, that we are to hate what God hates with perfect hatred. And so I spelled out uh, a a case for you that that which God hates, that which is an act, an action, an ideology, a teaching that is contrary to to the word of God, to the heart of God, if God speaks of it in terms that it is, uh, that he hates it, that he hates sin and evil, then therefore we are to hate it. Now, we are called to love the individual. We're called to reach out to the individual with the gospel of Jesus Christ, but we're called to hate that evil. And true love means, if I truly love, in this case, a Muslim who is part of the Islamic faith or religion or ideology, then I must share the gospel with them, give them the truth to set them free. And at the same time, it does not mean that I love what they love. It doesn't mean that I love the evil that they follow. If someone is in, in uh, is a drug addict, it doesn't mean that I love their drug abuse if I'm going to love them as an individual and try to see them come to Christ. If someone is steeped in satanic worship or culture idol worship, it doesn't mean that I love their satanic worship to be able to see them rescued and brought out of the darkness. And in the same way, if someone is a Muslim, it does not mean that I have to love Islam or respect. I hear this all the time, and it just drives me ooh, up the wall that they say we are to respect their faith, respect No, I don't have to respect Islam. I don't have to respect the ideology of Islam to love the Muslim. I can love the Muslim without respecting Islam. I don't have respect for an ideology that denies my faith, which is what I'm going to spell out for you today on the program. Why we are to hate it. So it's very important that we have a balanced approach to love the Muslim, hate Islam. And I'm going to have other programs on other things that we are called to hate. I believe that we're called to hate abortion. We're called to hate homosexuality. We're called to hate pride or any sin that is clearly against the word of God. 
idolatry, blasphemy, things that, that, that God hates, we're to hate. And again, the the language in the in the Hebrew there of perfect hatred implies the word there, tiklath, means that it is complete or perfect hatred to the boundary of hatred. So again, let our righteous hatred be there. Let it not become unrighteous. Let it not cross the line. And if we do, as I have, I, I confess before you, then repent and turn back and ask the Lord to keep our hearts in a right place that I don't want to hate beyond the point of what is righteous. And I want to, to bring God's... Um, Anger and wrath actually the completion. I should be 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 praying for the time and 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 place where God's wrath will come to completion, God's anger will come to completion, and he will pour out his wrath. We know that that will happen in the last days and before his return. And and in such as I said to you in the last program, I have no doubt in my mind that that God will pour out his wrath on this ideology of Islam because it denies everything that the Bible teaches. Let me go back to the example that I covered for you last time of, of, of a uh, situation that's happening in Minnesota with, with all this interfaith nonsense. And, and it was, I, I, I put the link in the notes page. It was where the Council on American Islamic Relations, CARE, um, had a, recently had a press conference. Uh, and the title, again, was Muslims, Christians, and People of Faith Launch a Path to Fight Islamophobia. And it's just this, this interfaith nonsense. It's this interfaith kumbaya where they're, where the Muslims are gathering the interfaith people to basically give them not only political cover, but spiritual cover. And as I said to you on the last program in part two, the goal here is very clear for us who have eyes to see. The, Satan is using uh, the Islamic influence and the Islamic infiltration, not only to our nation, but into the churches, to basically come in and turn these lukewarm, naive, compromised Christians, quote-unquote Christians, against true Christians, against true patriots who are concerned and warning, as I've been called to do, to warn people about the dangers of Islam, both spiritually and as a aspect of national security, because both are valid. And the goal is turn them against us. And this is part of, if you remember, I've taught before, those of you who followed our teaching online, um, followed my messages. I've taught on this, that this is part of, in fact, I did some radio shows on this going a ways back. You can go to our archives. Actually, you're probably on the archives if you're listening to this podcast on our website, but if you're listening to it on Worldview Weekend, go to our website at tillproject.com. Under our media, there's the archives. You click on that for truth. Well, actually, under the media, there's Truth and Love Radio. If you click on that, all of our shows are archived. And you can go down and look for one I did on um, the, what I titled was The Coming Civil War in the Christian Church. And this is what I'm talking about is this civil war between true Christians, true followers, and the false Christians, those who are not true believers or who are going to be vomited out by the Lord, spewed out because they're lukewarm, they're falling away. Uh, the enemy is using these fake Christians or, or lukewarm Christians to turn against us. And that's what they're doing. And, and the Muslims are playing it like a fiddle. The Muslims are praying, play, playing these so-called Christian and, and, and faith leaders like a fiddle uh, to accomplish their goal. It's satanic strategy, folks. And um, I mentioned to you that this event was held at the Dar al-Farouk Islamic Center. And I mentioned to you last time that our, our, our friend... Uh, Leah Holman, from, uh, who used to write for World Net Daily, again, now he writes independently. I encourage you to go to his website at leoholman, H-O-H-M-A-N-N 
Homan.com, H-O-H-M-A-N-N.com, leohoman.com. Subscribe, and he will keep you up to date on a lot of the practical things that are happening with the Islamic movement here in America. And uh, Leo had actually written two different articles on the Al- uh, Dar al-Farouk mosque there in Bloomington. And both are very powerful. And what he points out is that, again, this is not just some average mosque. This is a mosque run by a fundamentalist or quote-unquote radical imam. Walid Idris al-Manisi is a, is a fundamentalist imam who has taught hatred against Christians and Jews. And this mosque has been known for producing a number of jihadis. Uh, Leo points out in his article from 2016, April 2016, uh, two of those, uh, Adnan Farah, 20, Muhammad Farah, his brother, 22, who both were charged with providing material support to ISIS. They were trying to go and fight for ISIS. Um, uh, dozens of Somalis from Minnesota have been charged with conspiracy to provide material support to ISIS. Uh, some who actually went to Syria to fight with ISIS uh, or with al-Shabaab, which is another terrorist organization. Now, what's the common ground? The common ground is these guys attend this Dar al-Farouk mosque. So remember, where is CARE hosting its event? At the Dar al-Farouk mosque. What is the event? An interfaith event to bring Christians and other faith leaders into the camp uh, spew the the lie of Islamophobia, get them to turn on other Christians like me. Uh, again, I, I, I've been to Minnesota. Uh, I'm going to be going in April with Worldview Weekend and other speaking engagements. I'm going to be up in Duluth. I'm going to be in Montevideo. I'm going to be in Bloomington. Uh, my fourth trip in eight months. We are going there to wake up the church, to educate God's people, to equip them, uh, to, de- to, to expose these deceptions. And the goal of care is to turn... Uh, not just Muslims, but these so-called interfaith leaders against people like myself and others who are doing this warning. And 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 the way they do it is to label us as Islamophobes and haters and part of the SPLC hate list, and which I mentioned to in the last program, our ministry is part of both the SPLC hate list and the Islamophobia network hate list put out by CARE. So they're having the event at this mosque, and this mosque, which is owned by uh, uh, the Muslim Brotherhood um, has uh, numerous ties to this these radicals. What 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 you know the the media would term as radical Islam. What I would term as fundamentalist Islam. I want to read a quote to you from the article here that Leo said, um, uh, and then uh, a quote from our friend John Guandalo. Uh, Where did Adnan Farah and his brother get their views about Islam? Both attended the Al-Farouk Islamic Center in Bloomington, Minnesota, a mosque headed by radical Imam Walid Idris al-Manisi. John Guandalo, a former FBI counterterrorism specialist who founded Understanding the Threat, um, is very familiar with the Bloomington Mosque. Guandalo said that al-Manisi teaches straight from the Quran and the life of Muhammad, Islam's founder, as laid out in the Hadith. Remember, the Sunnah is is comprised of the Hadiths and the Sirah of Muhammad. This is the biography, basically, and all of the actions of Muhammad. Quote, when Imam al-Manisi calls for the killing and destruction of Jews and references a story from the Islamic prophet Muhammad, he is referring to the Hadith from Bukhari, who is the most authoritative Hadith scholar in all of Islam. The word Sahih means the most authenticated. So Sahih Bukhari is not only the most authenticated hadith, 
but it is also um, uh, the most quoted hadith. And uh, Bukhari, folks, is uh, basically you can think of it as not equal to the Quran, but just one level below the Quran. So when we when we think that Muslims only follow the Quran like we Christians follow the Bible, that's not true. They must also follow the Sunnah, specifically hadiths and the sirahs that are directly quoted from Muhammad, their prophet, who the Quran calls the perfect man. Over 90 times in the Quran, he's referred to as Al-Insan Al-Kamil, the perfect man. So their murderous prophet, by the, version, by the definition of Islam, is a perfect man. So all Muslims are to emulate him. Guandala goes on to say, to be clear, Islamic scholars consider the Hadith of Bukhari to rise to a level just below the Quran. And folks, I agree with that, what John's assessment is. In the Hadith, Bukhari quotes this. Now, I'm going to um, quote for you uh, the actual verse, because um, what most people don't want to believe, um, and, and why don't they want to believe it? I don't know why they don't want to believe it, but but they just don't want to believe it that the, the Quran actually teaches this. So let me pull up the verse here for you that teaches what John is going to quote here in um, this article. And this is from, let me just pull it up here. Here we go, here we go, here we go. This is directly from Sahih Bukhari, and it is a chapter that Muhammad, right here, um, it is a chapter... Uh, actually, I, you know what? I'm going to read for you two. Let me read for you two. One is from the Bukhari. Here's the Bukhari. Sahih al-Bukhari 343-65. I've covered this before. I'll cover it again. Allah's apostle said, that's Muhammad, the hour will not be established until the son of Miriam descends among you as a just ruler. Now, who's the son of Miriam? The son of Mary. They're talking about Jesus, not the Jesus of the Bible, the Jesus of the Quran. Three things he's going to do. One, he will break the cross. Two, he will kill the pigs. Three, he will abolish the jizya tax. Again, this is Sahih al-Bukhari 343.65. Now, why is he going to break the cross? Well, as I'll cover for you in just a few minutes, according to the Quran, the cross never happened. Jesus was never crucified. The cross was a hoax. It was made to appear. So he's going to come back, and he's going to tell all the Christians, you were all wrong. Christianity is not based upon the cross, therefore there's no redemption. Don't say I am God. Don't say I'm the Son of God. The Trinity was a lie. He's going to fix that, supposedly. Number two, he's going to kill the pigs. Now, this is a reference to unclean animals, the pigs, but it is also a reference to the Jews. Because in the Quran, many verses uh, spell out that Allah speaks of the Jews as apes and monkeys and pigs. So he's going to kill all the Jews. Who's going to kill all the Jews? Supposedly, Jesus, who the Bible speaks of as a Jewish Messiah, is going to come back according to Islam and according to Muhammad and kill all the Jews. And number three is going to abolish the jizya tax. Remember that the jizya tax is a tax that is applicable when Muslims subjugate Jews and Christians into what's called dimitude or aldima. When they're subjugated, they must pay a tax to be protected. It's called a protection tax, and you are a second-class citizen. You have less rights. You don't have religious freedom. You must practice your religion in secret. Um, there are other conditions, uh, and, and in order to be protected, the Muslims can, can, can protect you for a 
tax, basically an extortion tax, kind of like the mafia. So Jesus is going to destroy all these, you know, uh, break the cross, kill the pigs, abolish Jizya, and set up Islam. In fact, in the Sharia law book, The Reliance of the Traveler, in the section on jihad, let me read to you what it says on jihad. Now, I hope as I'm reading all this stuff, you are recognizing why, why we would say that Islam is evil and is to be hated. Remember, what's the premise? That we should hate Islam with the perfect hatred because it is purely evil and against the word of God. Now, in the Reliance of the Traveler, section 09.5, uh, I'm sorry, section 09.8, here's what it says about the objective of jihad. Uh, the definition of jihad is to war against non-Muslims. The, the word itself means to war against non-Muslims and is etymologically derived from the word mujahada, signifying warfare to establish the religion of Islam. So what's the objective of, 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 of jihad? It says the caliph or the Islamic leader makes war upon Jews, Christians, and Zoroastrians provided he has first invited them to enter Islam in faith and practice. So, give them the option to convert if they will not make war upon them. Folks, this is consistent Islamic teaching and Sharia law. This is not radical Islam. What uh, the imam at the Dar al-Faruq mosque is teaching about Christians and Jews being subjugated and to be killed is exactly what the Sharia law book that is certified by the top Islamic scholars and Al-Azhar University, the most premier Islamic school in the world. It's what they are attesting to. The caliph or the Islamic leader is to, when they get the upper hand, is to make war upon Christians and Jews, provided he's given them an option to convert. Now, if they will not, then invite them to enter the social order of Islam by paying the non-Muslim poll tax, the jizya. That's what it says right here, which is the significance of their paying it um, not the money itself, but the significant is the fact that they, they are subjugated, right? So it's not about the money, it's about subjugation. While Then it says, while remaining in their ancestral religions, uh, the war continues until they become Muslim or else pay the non-Muslim poll tax in accordance with the word of Allah. Now, it cites Surah uh, 929, the last chapter of the Quran. Fight those who do not believe in Allah on the last day and who forbid not what Allah and his messenger are forbidden, who do not practice the religion of truth, being of those who have been given the book. That's the people of the book, Jews and Christians. Until when? Until they pay the poll tax out of hand and are humbled. So Muslims are called to fight Christians and Jews, subjugate them, either convert them or pay the poll tax. Now, that stops. When does that stop? Well, according to Sahih Bukhari that I just read for you, it stops when Jesus comes back. Are you getting a sense of evil here? Are you getting the sense that there is nothing in common, that the Quran is teaching that Muslims are called to subjugate Jews and Christians, force them to pay an extortion tax, and if not, war against them and kill them, and that when Jesus, the Muslim uh, prophet, returns, that he's going to break the cross and abolish this jizya, and he's going to kill the Jews. And guess what? He'll kill the Christians too if they don't convert to Islam. Now, watch this. The, the, the Sharia law book goes on to say, the time and place, 
the time and place of 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 this war, um, for which is before the final destination of Jesus. So the war continues, and the poll tax must continue until Jesus comes back. Now, which Jesus? This is the Islamic Jesus, folks, not the Jesus of the Bible. After his final coming, nothing but Islam will be accepted from them. For taking the poll tax is only effective until Jesus' descent upon him and our prophet be peace, supposedly according to the Sharia law book, which is now... What is the 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 um the the, the to be accept, accepted from them, which is the divinely revealed law of Muhammad? So, folks, let me underst- help you understand this. The poll tax the poll tax is accepted until Jesus comes back. Well, what the Sharia law book is saying is consistent with Sahih al Bukhari. After his coming, only Islam is accepted; nothing else. So, either they convert or they die. This is the divine revealed will of Muhammad according to the Sharia law book. The coming of Jesus does, it goes on to say, the coming of Jesus does not entail a separate divinely revealed law. For he will rule by the law of Muhammad. Did you understand what I just said? So Jesus is coming back not only to break the cross, kill the pigs, abolish the jizya. He's coming back to establish Sharia in the entire world according to Islam. Sharia. For he will rule by the law of Muhammad. You understand? As for the prophets saying, that's Muhammad, I am the last, there will be no prophet after me. This does not contradict the final coming of Jesus, since he will not rule according to the evangel. So the Jesus that they're going to bring back is not going to rule according to the gospel. That's what evangel means. But he is a follower of our prophet. So Jesus is coming back as a sidekick to the Islamic Messiah, the Mahdi, and he's a follower of Muhammad. Did you get that? Are you getting why we should hate the ideology of Islam as God hates it? Are you telling me that God loves this? Are you telling me that the God of the Bible, that Jesus Christ, who is the Son of God, God incarnate, who came to this earth, died on the cross, was raised from the dead, ascended to heaven, is coming back as the Lord of lords and King of kings? Are you telling me that he is okay with what I just read to you? From This is orthodox Islamic teaching? John Guandalo quotes this verse from Sahih Muslim, book 041 number 6985 in the article that is linked in uh, the notes page. Let me read it to you. The hour, the prophet said, Muhammad again, the, the last hour would not come. This is the hour when Jesus returns and the, and the Islamic Messiah comes. The last hour would not come unless the Muslims will fight against the Jews and the Muslims would kill them until the Jews would hide themselves behind a stone or a tree, and a stone or a tree would say, Muslim, or the servant of Allah, there is a Jew behind me, come and kill him. Sahih Muslim is consistent with Sahih Bukhari, and is consistent with the Sharia law book. The teaching of Islam is that Muslims are to fight and subjugate Jews and Christians because it is the final religion, that Jesus is going to come back and destroy the cross because it never happened. Jesus is going to kill all the Jews. He's going to lead an army 
to kill all the Jews, according to Islam. He's going to abolish any chance for, for protection. They're going to have to convert or die. And every last Jew will be killed. Every last Jew who does not convert will be killed. And Jesus is supposed to be going to lead the way. Now please tell me how that is not an antichrist spirit. How that is not antithetical to everything that Christianity teaches. Does the Bible teach that the God of the Bible is going to kill all the Jews? Every last Jew is going to wipe them out? Or does the Bible teach that God is going to come and Jesus is going to be the shepherd to the Jews? The whole, the whole point of the tribulation period is that Jesus is going to return and is going to lead the Jews into salvation in the Messiah. He's going to bring them into full restoration and full salvation. He's going to be their shepherd. He's going to rule and reign from Jerusalem, set up his kingdom there. Does the Bible teach that Jesus is a prophet and not God? No, the Bible teaches that he's returning as the Lord of Lords and King of Kings. Does the Bible teach that he's going to be a sidekick? No, he's going to be king. He's going to, he's going to establish his kingdom. Does the Bible teach that the cross never happened? Of course not. The cross is the central aspect of our redemption, the cross and, and, and the resurrection. Yet in Surah 4157, and I'll cover this again on subsequent programs. And by the way, again, this is in the our brand new DVD, The Trojan Horse of Interfaith Dialogue. That's why you need to get it. Listen to it. I, I spell out clearly, as I do in our DVD, Islam and God's Judgment in the Last Days, how Islam is clearly an anti-Christ spirit, denying Jesus as God, denying him as the Son of God, denying Father, Son, Holy Spirit, denying uh, the Trinity, denying that um, that Jesus was ever crucified or resurrected and denying that he's coming back as Lord of Lords and King of Kings. Islam perfectly fits the Antichrist spirit. Now, how on earth are we to love that which is an Antichrist spirit? We're not. We're to hate it. Why? Because God would hate an Antichrist spirit. Would he not? Doesn't God hate what Satan is doing? Doesn't God hate sin and evil and an ideology that teaches and denies every aspect of our Christian faith? So these ecumenical so-called leaders are not leaders. They're wolves in sheep's clothing. Their fruit stinks. They're not Christians. Nothing of them spells Christianity, true Christ followers. They are fakes. They are phonies. That may okay, okay. I'll grant you. Maybe some are lukewarm. Maybe some have some belief. But woe to them! Woe to them! Woe to them! Who call themselves leaders, folks? This is what we're talking about. This is the last days. This is the great deception that is upon the world, and we as true Christ followers have to stand up. I will be doing more more shows on why we are called to perfectly hate that which God hates: abortion, homosexuality transgenderism, idolatry, all of these things that are happening in the church today. We'll cover those on future programs. And we'll do more programs on why we should love Muslims but hate Islam with a perfect, complete, utmost hate. I hate Islam with a perfect, complete, and utmost hate. I hate it because God hates it. I pray this has been edifying. I pray this has been equipping. I pray that you share this message. How many pastors will preach on this? How many teachers will preach on this and teach on this? The Word of God. Lord bless you, and we'll see you on the program next time. 
Thank you for listening to Truth in Love Radio with Pastor Sharam Hadian. You can visit our website, order DVDs, subscribe to our podcast, or support the ministry at www.tilproject.com. Please join us next time for another installment of Truth in Love Radio.